Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Show, number 827. So before I actually was in real estate, I was working at a factory, 12 to 16 hour shifts on the weekend, sacrificed that as a young kid. And, uh, you know, 2000, what, you know, 14, I dropped out of college. So what happened was, so when I read the book in February of 2016, I started taking action in March. In March, I ended up getting the house on a contract for $28,000. I closed on the property for $33,000. Uh, 30 days later, I did a joint venture with another guy. We split it $2,500, $2,500. I end up quitting my job at the beginning of May. Today's guest is Keith Everett, a.k.a. The Real Estate Diddy, here to condense all the wisdom of his seven years in real estate into 45 minutes of pure real estate gold for you. And I'm joined here by my co-host, my good friend, Henry Washington. How are you doing today, man? I am fantastic. As always, love doing shows with you and love getting to talk to this BP audience, man. So thank you so much. This is going to be a good one because we're going to talk about what it means to not only take action, but how to optimize whatever machine that you're building and continue to take action to eventually scale to a massive amount of deals every single year. This is going to be a crazy story. What are some valuable strategies or insights that investors can take away from what we're going to talk about today? Man, there's all kinds of cool stuff. First, first thing I love like hearing or seeing stories of like practical application. Cause we always hear like, you need to go get information and then you need to take action. But like, what does that really look like? Like what steps do you actually take? And so I'm loving that we're going to get some practical application for getting started from nowhere, hearing great information and then taking action. And I think a lot of people are going to get really some great value from this concept of the financial thermostat and what that means and how you use the financial thermostat to grow and scale your business. Could not agree more. Very inspiring for me. And I know it'll be inspiring for everyone at home. So before we get into it, today's quick, quick, quick tip is brought to you by my co-co-host, Henry Washington. That's right. Today's quick tip is to go read a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, today's quick tip is to read a book or get some information. But before you move on to the next chapter, at the end of every chapter, write down at least one actionable step that you will do before you move on to the next chapter. Again, information is just part of the puzzle. The real Rubber hitting the road comes from you taking the action. So force yourself to do at least one step from every chapter. And by the end of that book, you will be so much further along in your business or in your journey than you were when you started. Basically, read the book, do what the book says, and results will come. <laughs> crazy, crazy concept. Well, let's jump into it. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rental Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's 
REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to rentalretirement.com today. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. So today we're talking to Keith Everett, a little background for our listeners. He's a 32-year-old real estate investor out of Huntsville, Alabama, originally born in Dayton, Ohio, has been investing for seven years, has done over 400 real estate deals, which is crazy, got his start by wholesaling, but is branching out to buy and hold. And he's also a voracious reader, excited to hear about some of the books that have helped you level up in real estate as we get into your story. Keith, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Henry, what's going on, my brother? And uh, Rob, man, hey, Rob, man, you must be in Hawaii somewhere with that shirt, man. Where you at on vacation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Listen, David Green may not be here, but the comments on my shirts, they'll always prevail. Uh, did we miss anything in your intro, by the way? You got quite quite the storied past here. It sounds like you've, you've, got, uh, you've done some deals in the past. Man, absolutely not, man. I think, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, I've been down here in Huntsville 14 years. I'm born originally in Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, man, I was just a kid, 18 years old, fresh out of high school. I came down to Alabama with $50 in a dream. And it's crazy where it went from now. Yeah. So tell us about that. Let's, let's do an intro chapter to your story, if you will. What did your life look like before real estate? What was your job, income, family situation? Give us a, a few of those details. So before I actually was in real estate, you know, I was a college kid. You know, I went to college in 2009, you know, and, um, to be honest with you, I wasn't really going for myself, you know, and I tell anybody, if you're doing anything uh, for everybody else instead of yourself, you're not going to finish. So I was a product to my own advice. I dropped out of college in 2014. Before that, I was working at a factory 12 to 16 hour shifts on the weekend, sacrificed that as a young kid. And, uh, you know, 2000, what, 
you know, 14, I dropped out of college. I got into a terrible car wreck, never went back, you know. And one thing I remember when I was in college, and you know, one of the other reasons why I dropped out is, you know, my teachers was making, what, 60K a year. I was making it at my job already, so I didn't think it made sense for me to be in class making the same thing as my teacher. So I, I dropped out in um, 2016. That's when I was introduced to real estate. Wow. And what were you studying, by the way? Oh, I was studying uh, business uh, uh, logistics. Okay. Did that have anything to do with the factory job that you were working or completely different uh, sector? Absolutely not. I don't even know why I was studying that. I don't. I honestly don't even know. It's interesting. It sounds like it gave you a good enough business mind to realize if I'm studying business from people I'm already making the same amount as, and maybe I'm not going to get the best business education that I'm looking for. I was always a hustler, man. Even when I was coming up, you know, I got my first job my seventh grade year, uh, working at a uh, summer seventh grade summer, working at the boys and girls club. I worked at daycares. Um, I done worked at corner stores when I got to college. I'd have been security at the football stadium. I done worked at City Trans store. I done did everything. So it only made sense that I eventually ran into something because I was consistent at, uh, on my money pursuit. So, yeah. How, how old are you at, in seventh grade? Are you 14 or? I was 13. Yeah, yeah, 14, I was, right? I just had turned 13 my seventh grade summer going to the eighth Man, grade. Man, that's crazy. And you got a job uh, seventh, seventh, eighth grade? I worked at the Boys and Girls Club. You know, my dad said <laughs> I got to start paying my own cell phone bill. But guess what, though? You know, by the time I got 18, I was independent. And I didn't lean on anybody else. You know, I put everything in my own hands. And uh, tell me about, uh, you know, college. You, you drop out um, after kind of realizing that you're making effectively what your teachers are making. How did life feel at that time? Was that something that, uh, you know, once you made that realization, were you like, oh, man, okay, pff, I can do this? Or was it scary? Well, I went through an identity crisis at the time. You know what I mean? I, I was scared to tell my parents that I dropped out because they was the reason why I was going in the first place. So I feel like if I would have told them, they would have felt like I let them down. And I didn't, you know, really want that to happen. And sometimes that, you know, people say that people don't believe in your dream. But I feel like that sometimes people give you advice like get a job and stay on your job because they don't want to see you down and out. They may not understand, you know, the risk that it takes for you to get to the other side. But people just looking out for your best interest. But I was depressed from 2014 to 16. I was depressed. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. All I knew was college. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. Until the end of 2015, I got a 10 cent raise on my job. I just had my son and I feel like that. I feel like, like I didn't put in 12 to 16 hour shifts and y'all gave me a 10 cent raise. So what I did was I used to pray to God all the time on my breaks, you know, at work. And, uh, I ran into Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was the first book that I ever read before I even knew about real estate. I read that book. I understood like, you know, the difference between an asset and a liability, the simple principles like that. And then I followed, I unfollowed everything, all BS off Instagram. I followed all success. And I ended up running into this guy named Nick Ruiz out of Milwaukee. And um, he had a webinar at the time. I didn't know what a webinar was. How would you like to make 10, 20,000 while working a job? And I'm like, whoa, and not, and not really using no money. I'm like, that's me. I don't really have that much money, but I'm down to at least try something new. And I got off his uh, webinar and I ended up purchasing this book called Flip. And that, that was the next book I read. And that $20 book was the reason why I got off my job and it changed my whole life and my family's life for the last seven years. Man, so let me just ask this because a 10 cent raise does not seem like much. What were you making hourly so that we understand how big of a raise that was? Man, like $16, $17 an hour. You know, I was, I was really making the majority of my funds off overtime. You know what I mean? So I always was a hard worker, you know, but I found out I was working harder physically than mentally 
And uh, that's the wrong way to go. It's a lot of people who work hard physically, but when I start working my brain, that's when I really got further. Man, that is the best advice you could give. Man, that's man, that's super cool. I want to I want to I want to ask one backtracking tra- question real quick, just because you know you said uh, you said it, you were a little in, a little intimidated to tell your parents that that you had dropped out of school, and I know what that feeling is like because it was like my upbringing was the same. It was like my I didn't have a choice. You was going to college or you was you was going to be put out the house. And so like the thought of having to tell my dad, I remember I told my dad I had dropped a class that put me less than full time and he lost his marbles over that. So having to tell your parents that then to like them seeing where you are now, like how has that transition been for you and for them? Man, to be honest with you, I take care of them. Like I literally take care of my mom full time and I help out my dad. You know what I mean? And just seeing me speak on different stages, uh, seeing me close so many deals. Um, I mean, even my intermittent family, like my wife, like at one point she had to take a job an hour and a half away just to support me on the journey that I said that I wanted to do. And, uh, I end up, you know, making everything happen. Uh, moved her back here. Uh, her and my son got a house and, uh, she been, you know, by my side ever since. So, you know, I always was a man of my word. Even when I was on the pursuit at the beginning, I didn't go out and go in the clubs. I wasn't partying. I don't really believe in partying. I believe in celebrating. So I was just staying focused on the mission and I was looking to get what I was looking to get. I, I wanted to ask, you said that your, your, uh, wife, uh, or she moved an hour and a half away to, to work a, a part-time job. What do you mean by that? Was that like a good opportunity for her? And that was sort of the, the main, uh, source of income for y'all or what was the reason for that? So what happened was, so when I read the book in February of 2016, I started taking action in March. In March, I ended up getting the house on a contract for $28,000. I closed on the property for $33,000. Uh, 30 days later, I did a joint venture with another guy. We split it $2,500, $2,500. I ended up quitting my job at the beginning of May. So when I quit my job, I did not once think that I wasn't going to get a deal till four or five months down the line because I, I thought the first one came so quick. I'm like, oh, this is easy. I don't need to work this job. This gave me a 10 cent raise. So I ran into a financial, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, some terrible financial situations where I got behind on everything. Uh, the wife, she took a job, you know, in Birmingham, Alabama, a, a full-time job with benefits and everything. Her and my son moved down there while I was, you know, on the mission trying to figure this thing out. And uh, once I, you know, start figuring it out, I, in 2017, I did like 40 deals, a couple hundred thousand, went back. You know, they moved back up here, got us a house. And uh, ever since then, you know, I feel like you just breezed through that like that wasn't a big deal. So 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 let's clarify for people. So what you're saying is you went all in on this journey. Your wife found this opportunity uh, uh, to go get full time income, had to go ahead and take that because you weren't making income yet. You found this book flip by Nick Ruiz, and it's really what catapulted you. So you bought the book in 2016. You started applying what you were learning. And in 2017, you did, what was the result? You did how many deals? Yeah, we did 40 deals. The first year in 2016, I did only two deals. Uh, the second year, I ended up getting my partner that I still have to this day. You know, he's, he's more the integrator, the marketing guy. I'm more the sales type of guy. You know, I like to, you know, talk to people and be in people's faces. We combined everything together and we ended up doing 40 deals our first year in partnership. Like we immediately took off. It wasn't no lead up. It was no hard times. We immediately both got to it. He was working at the time. I was full time. And um, yeah, so my wife was living in Birmingham in 2017. And uh, it was a time that, you know, even my car got repoed. 
Uh, her car got repoed. She ended up getting hers back. I had to ride around the rental cars for a couple months in, uh, 2017. And, uh, I ended up buying me a, uh, 2005 Camry 2018. We, I, we made over a million dollars. I was in a 2005 Camry. Like I was so focused that I don't even think about buying nothing. You know what I mean? So I'm just that type of guy. When I'm on a mission, I don't really, I don't really look at what other people are doing because anytime I ever done that, it throw me off. So, well, first of all, I think it's incredible that amount of that amount of progress is is commendable. Um, and to to most people read something, they hear something of value, and then they take baby steps, or they're not quite sure what actions to take. Obviously, you had to take massive action to go from. I mean, let's call it you did two deals in 2016, 40 in 2017. Let's call it 42 deals in two years, right? So. How did you go from reading this book to it actually producing the results of 42 deals and two deers? Like what steps were you taking? Man, I think the biggest thing was marketing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when we start, you know, at first I started out putting up banner signs, you know, and every time I got a deal, I always put money back into my marketing for my real estate company. So I went from doing banner signs to handwriting direct mail letters. Once we was handwriting them, next thing you know, we was able to purchase postcards from, you know, uh, you know, yellow letter HQ. And now we was just doing direct mail. Our whole strategy was bandit signs, direct mail. And then we ran into a hedge fund company out of South Carolina. Uh, they, they name was Conrex. And, uh, we basically rolled them all the way to the top. Every time we get a deal, you know, back then, 2017, you had a hedge fund company, you was rolling. And that's how we came up like that. So basically, we'd throw out the marketing, and then we immediately hit them up, and we wasn't really dealing with too many other buyers because they had all the capital. Cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add a few clarifying points here that I think you made that were super duper important. You focused on your marketing, right? And I think that we've talked a lot in recent shows about off market deals and about building a pipeline and lead flow. And really, the key to off market deals is about marketing. But what I like that you said was every time you close the deal you put money back into your marketing. And I think that that's where a lot of investors go wrong is they may spend a little bit of money on marketing on the front side. Maybe they get lucky and it gets them a deal. And then they're not focused on how to go back and build out those marketing channels so that they support themselves, right? They're going and they're spending money on something else. And so you were truly building your business because you were reinvesting in what got you that first deal so that you can repeat it. And then uh, as far as when you say you, you rode that deal to the top, essentially what I, what I think you're saying is you got really good at marketing to find deals. You found a buyer and that buyer was this hedge fund. And so that gave you information, right? That information was we know what these hedge funds want to buy. We know where they want to buy. We know what they're going to pay for these deals. And so I assume that that helped you focus your marketing on what they wanted. So that you were just rent. So you had your buyer on the front side. You just had to go find what they wanted and you were printing money. Is that, am I accurate there? That's exactly accurate. So instead of like most of the times, you know, what most people do is, you know, they throw out the marketing and then once they get a deal, they go look for a buyer. We reverse engineered it. We found a buyer, got their criteria and all we did was go find what they wanted. So it made it way more easier. And for us, it was way more comfortable. 100%. I love this. I did the same thing on a much smaller scale when I first got started when I did wholesale deals. I didn't know what people wanted to buy or how, like I just wasn't good at figuring out like renovation costs. And so I went and found a partner 
who wasn't a partner at the time, but I just knew he was a buyer. And I used to take him on my appointments. And so I would take my buyer to my appointments. He'd walk it with me, tell me how much a renovation would cost. And then I'd ask him before I talked to the seller, how much would you pay for this? He'd give me a number. And now my job was just to go get into the contract for less than that. And that's how I made my money. I, this, it's a rock solid strategy, man. And that, is that still a, a viable strategy for you and your business now, Henry, or have you changed how you, how you work that process? Yeah, no, now I don't typically take my buyers with me, mostly because I'm the buyer. I, I buy everything now. When I was first getting started, I was doing some assignments, trying to build up some capital. And so, no, I, and I've, and I've, and I've gotten much better at now assessing what it's going to cost to renovate a property. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stingy, Rob. I like to keep all the stuff that I buy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, I don't take my buyer with me yet. That's amazing, Keith. I mean, basically going from 16, 17, bucks an hour with the 10 cent raise and then making six figures your next year uh, and then obviously exploding that you took concrete action you got concrete results so you had this solid foundation and you've done your first deals what did you do to level up to the next chapter man that's that's a good question so uh october 2017 i went to my first ever real estate event in uh phoenix arizona shout out to sean terry it was flip the freedom um, at that time, you know, I was just trying to get in the room. I was looking to network. And, uh, the same time that I went out there and got the knowledge out there with Sean Terry, I met three guys, you know, I already was communicating with them. We was already friends, uh, since 2016. Um, I got, uh, Sal Secure, Carlos Reyes, Alex Sines, the all in team. And, uh, you know, they, they, they took us in, you know, uh, after the event, we went down to a, uh, dinner with them and they was just, they said this one thing. And I never will forget it because at the time, me and my partner were stuck at 30 to 50K a month. And I'm just like, man, how can we get the six figures a month? What would it take? And they said this one thing that was very simple. Whatever you're doing to get 30 to 50K, just double that. (laughs) (laughs) I said, wow. I had to come all the way out here just for me to this year. (laughs) I just need to double my marketing advice. (laughs) So once once we doubled the marketing, 2018, that was our breakout year. We did our first six figure month in April of 2018. It was 154,000. After that, I'm going to be honest, fellas. I start going crazy. I start going to Miami. I thought I made it. You know, I was having a good time, but what I didn't realize is I wasn't investing my money. So anytime that you're making all the active income, of course, and you're not really doing anything with it, I found myself, you know, having to start over and over and over again. You know what I mean? But, and fortunately, in 2018, we did 109 deals. Um, you know, we start going to more real estate conference. I always was in a room. Um, you know, I start reading more books. One of the biggest books to help me with finances was Secrets to the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. When I read that book right there, I learned about the financial thermostat. And the reason why we was making six figures and I always find ourselves moving backwards is because my financial thermostat was only on around 10, 20 K at the time. So no matter if I make 150,000 or anybody else, you're going to go right back down to where your thermostat is set at. And you're going to have to try it over again. So once I start understanding more money principles, that's when I really start leveling up. That's when I understood that we couldn't do everything ourselves. By the end of the year around November, that's when we start the hiring process and everything took off from there. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. 
That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. 
BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Okay, explain the thermostat one more time for me. So you're saying uh, if you make $200,000, your thermostat is at $20,000? Or how, how does that analogy work if you want to make more money? Do you have to raise some or do you have to change some some aspect of your mindset there so basically if a person may you can give a person it's kind of like when people hit the lottery and they go broke they may make they may give them a billion dollars but they're not their mind is not on a billion dollars they can handle that so you're going to naturally go right back to what your mind can handle in that case let's say i make two hundred thousand and my financial thermostat is only on handling twenty thousand dollars i'm gonna do everything in my own power to blow that money and I'm only going to be back down to 10, 20,000 where my mind is set at. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what kept happening when I read that book, Secret to a Millionaire Mind. They start talking about the money principles and how to put your money in different places. That's when I leveled up. That's when I was able to keep it and do a better job. Okay. So you, you leveled up your mind. You are, <laughs> you're bringing in quite the income. Uh, how did that impact you? Did you buy new cars and stuff? Was there any regrets? With any of the purchases that you made at that time, or were you just plowing forward the whole time? I mean, you know what? Um, I really didn't do too much luxury, you know, because I always was the type of guy I like to stay focused. Um, you know, while all this was happening, it was in, you know, 2018, and I was still riding around in a Toyota Camry. So that was a car I bought. I didn't make payments on it. I paid four grand for it. And that car really took me to another level because I wasn't really trying to, I really was staying focused on my goals. I didn't want to go too luxury too quick. You know, a lot of people, they make some money. And they take that active income and go straight towards it. But uh, I waited till we got our team in place. We got our systems, our processes in place. We had an office in place. That's after that. That's when I, you know, made my first luxury purchase. So you're closing a bunch of deals. Uh, you, you've ascended, right? You're figuring things out. Your your mindset is changing with uh, with your your financial thermostat. How did that all impact you? Uh, I, I know you said that you had struggled to, to get the car, then you got the Camry. Did you ever go out and buy a new car? Uh, did you have any regrets with any of the purchases that you made with that money? I'll say this, man. With the first three years, you know, with the first year of me doing two deals, the second year, 42, and the third year, which is 2018, we did 109 deals that year. I only got two regrets, right? It's two things I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention to. The first thing is 
I wasn't putting any money away for taxes. You know, 2018, I had a tax bill for 140,000, right? 140 grand because we made so much money. That didn't feel that good because I didn't buy no uh, active, uh, I'm sorry, passive income, no rental properties, no anything. I didn't do anything with the money. But that's when I learned that the more you take money out of account and put into your own pocket, the more you got to pay on taxes. And I wasn't really writing anything off. So that was the first lesson. The second lesson, this lesson actually, it kind of bit me in 2020, right? And uh, this is the first time that since I was doing real estate, you know, that I actually, you know, did something for myself and I bought me a, a Dodge Hellcat that year. And with me having so much income, but my credit score was so low, I was, it, it gave me a hard time to be able to get the vehicle. And I was embarrassed because the lady looking like you make all this money, but you haven't did anything with your credit. And they was giving me so hard time to get the car. I ended up having to drop like 32 uh, grand down just to get the car. And, um, you know, that was like one of the first times I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do better. You know what I mean? Like life ain't all, all about just having cash. You know, only thing I ever heard about credit was cut the credit cards up and don't use them. But at that time, you know, I always remember that feeling. And after that, that's when I started working on my credit. So I start basically when I, my first couple of years, it was kind of like I was having fun and just trying to build. But as time start going along, I start realizing, you know, what my why was again. I think a lot of times, we forget why we started when we start making money, but we got to remember that a lot of the success we get is not really the goal. So I had to get back on track. I totally get that. And I think what might help some people too is because you talked a couple of, you talked about a couple of things is you, your credit wasn't right and you started to build a team. And I think a lot of people talk about both of those things, but what are some actionable things that you did to start getting your credit right? And then when you say build a team, right, that means you, you started to hire people. What like how did you determine who you were going to hire? What was your first hire? Like, what did your team look like when you were first getting started? I got you. So I'm going to start with the team first because I actually started doing that, uh, you know, before the credit. So the first two hires that I made was somebody basically to take my spot. Right. I didn't really know who I really need to hire first. So I just hired two sales guys at the time, you know, and uh, when we hired these two guys in November, of 2019, right? Me and my partner was in our office one day and I realized, we both realized we were good at what we was doing, but we didn't know how to teach people or, you know, train people. We paid for some mentorship. Um, we dropped 20 grand down, went back out to Phoenix. Uh, and it was just like the whole weekend, they basically was just teaching us, you know, exactly how to run a company, go from hustlers to CEOs. So uh, we start learning about SOPs. We start learning how to, you know, uh, train people. And for what's, a, what's a SOP for, for everyone at home? Uh, standard operating procedures. It's basically like it's just, you know, it's showing you step by step, whether it's just by numbers, one through 10, whether it's a flow chart, whether it's a video you record on exactly what a person specifically is supposed to do in the position that they in with the company. So we start hiring uh, sales guys. Next thing you know, we got a disposition manager to sell all the deals. Then we got a transaction coordinator in the office. Then we end up getting an admin assistant in the office. So at this point, you know, we got five, six sales guys. We got one disposition manager. We got a transaction coordinator. And then we got uh, somebody to, you know, handle all the finances and everything like that. So we rocking and rolling at that time. Now I was going to say two books to help me too. Cause, cause when it comes to building a team, the first one was Traction by Gino Wickman. 
Subtraction was teaching us exactly how to have our, you know, our meetings in our company, how to have quarterly meetings. Um, it was teaching us how to, you know, you know, grade the people that's in our company, you know, uh, you know, can they, can they, can they perform the task? Are they willing to perform the task? Do they got the capacity to uh, perform the task? And, uh, when we started evaluating our team members, that's how we knew who to keep in our company and who we need to either switch positions or who we need to possibly even let go. So that was a thing. And then the second one was profit first. We'll go back to the tax thing that happened. Uh, when we start doing, we start, well, I read uh, the book profit first. It teach you how to have multiple bank accounts for your business. So if I make $20,000, uh, 10% of that may go into a, uh, operating expense account. You may have some going to a tax account. You may have an owner's compensation because most people don't understand that it's a difference between, uh, you know, owner's compensation and a profit for your company. You know, most people don't understand the difference between that. And uh, that's when we start getting smarter. You know, we start becoming CEOs, you know, so that was two big things for sure. Man, yeah. So you're OK. So it sounds like you're starting to build everything. You are obviously um, making a lot more income. You're figuring things out, but you still have that credit problem. Was there something specifically that you did there to fix that? So that you can sort of advance your your own uh, real estate investing. Absolutely, man. Uh, definitely, man. Shout out to my guy. Uh, his name is Bobby Richardson. He's uh, out of Montgomery, Alabama. He was the first guy that actually helped me out with the credit. Uh, we kind of trade game with each other. The key thing was the key thing was, you know, I had to help him with real estate, and he helped me with credit. And that's why it's good to network with people because you never know who you're gonna need and uh, who you can add value to and who can add value to you. So uh, my guy Bobby, you know. I wanted to pay him, but he was like, you know what? I got you on the credit. This guy know how to, you know, a business credit, personal credit, anything when it comes to it. And uh, that was the guy that really, you know, helped me out and taught me how to, you know, stay 10% below my limits and everything like that. And, you know, it was just a lot of things. And I just helped him with the real estate part. We just we basically just traded the game. Yeah, man. It's kind of crazy how how quickly, if you have credit card debt and you have the ability to pay off the credit card debt, that's always what I tell people first, because the moment you slice your credit card utilization rate, your your credit can go up 20, 30, 40 points. I mean, I have one credit card right now that I'm using for specifically get to, to get the flips. It's a 0% interest card, and uh, I'll have it paid off in three months. But that one credit card has dropped my credit by like 60 points or something like that. So now I'm like, <laughs> as someone who monitors my credit, I'm always like, well, dang, now I just want to pay it because I hate... I hate seeing such a drop. So how long was it before you started seeing tangible results there? Oh, uh, man, I would say, uh, man, uh, probably about. So Bobby started in like July of 2021. It was like July by that, like that November, like around like Thanksgiving, my score had went up probably like 80 points or something like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. And uh, to this day, man, he's still the guy that, you know, helped me out with the credit. So I take it very. And then you got to think about it like this. We're talking about. A guy that started when I was 24, getting ready to turn 25, to a guy that's now 32 years old. You know, my son was uh, only probably about five, six months at the time. You know, now I got married in 2021. So now I got a wife. My son is, you know, about to turn eight years old. So my mind is not even the same no more. You know, the things that I'm looking forward to when I make money is not the same. I'm more thinking about what can I do with it rather than me thinking about, okay, let's go have fun. You know, it's two different ages, two different times in my life. Well, for anyone at home, do you think you could just give us uh, a, a couple of quick tips, quick tips for how to fix your credit or, or to improve your credit? Any tangible things that people can do right now? Yeah, I'm, the only thing I can tell you was what I was taught. You know what I mean? The first thing is to go back to the utilization 
You know, a lot of people say don't go over 30%, but I say keep it below 10%. And then you got platforms like Credit Strong, uh, where you're paying like $100 a month to build your credit. You got, uh, you got Self Inc. Uh, you know, you only paying, I was only paying like $35 a month. You get your secure credit card and, uh, those two things, uh, help your credit just go up, you know, instantly. So I would definitely say the utilization credit strong, and then I would get self ink and I guarantee you that you'll start, you know, building. And by the way, for anyone at home that doesn't know what credit card utilization is, when you have multiple credit cards, the amount of credit that you have on each one is one giant pool of credit that you have. And the, the larger percentage of that credit that you use that is your credit card utilization rate. The higher it is, the lower your credit is. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So you're, you're then fine tuning your machine. You get your credit fixed. Uh, and then you get to your next chapter, which as you put it, you're going basically from hustler to CEO. What were the problems you started noticing and what changes did you make to fix those problems? Man, uh, the biggest thing was, is this, you know, not understanding people all the way. You know what I mean? Not understanding how to set goals. Not understanding people's personality types. And, uh, I remember I read this book, uh, and it don't got nothing to do with the people in my office, but it kind of does. I read the five love languages, right? I was reading it, you know, cause I always like to invest in my marriage just as much. I try to invest in, you know, real estate or, you know, whether it's time, whether it's money, right? So one thing I learned from this book, five love languages by Gary Chapman is that everybody got their own love languages, right? And the reason I'm bringing it up when it comes to my team is I had to realize as a CEO, how can I get the best out of my folks? And I had to realize that everybody in the office got his own language that I got to speak to him in. I had one guy, I might have to shoot him a prayer. I got another guy, I might go in his face like, come on, man. You know, I know you said you wanted to make some money. You said you wanted to do it for your kids. I might got somebody else. I might have to bring them in the office and sit them down and have a talk. Once I realized as a, as the CEO, how to get the best out of our people, that's when I got the best results for our company. So that was, that was definitely a big key. So man, the second book was, was actually the 12 week year, right? And that book helped you reverse engineer, you know, setting your goals. You may have a goal, let's say, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, right? In a year. This is, you know, speaking hypothetically. Yeah. What is going to take for you? to get that $100,000 over the next 12 months? How much money do you need to make uh, every single quarter? How much money do you need to make every single month down to every single week, down to every single day, down to the minutes that you're working? And when I realized how to set my goals like that, we not only was doing it for ourselves, but when we was doing our quarterly meetings, we would actually set company goals by the principles that, that I learned in the book. Another thing is in our company, we had a book club because imagine if if we want to make as a company, we want to make over a million dollars. What is going to really take for us to get that million? I can't be the same person that I am January the 1st as I am December the 31st. And that's as a company. So we started reading books in our company and that helped out as well. You know, once everybody, you know, got on the same page, we was reading like Outwitting the Devil, of course, you know, Traction, different type of sales books, whether it was, um, you know, one of my favorite ones was The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort. It was teaching like the, you know, the straight line sales process, uh, objections by Jed Blunt, because you already know in real estate, I mean, we all know that if you can't overcome objections, it's going to be hard for you to be a master on those phones. And then there was other books like David Sandler, You Can't Teach a Kid How to Ride a Bike at a Seminar, and just, you know, just matching the process, man. You know, that, that what got me this far so far. What I like about what you said about your company is you 
essentially learned through reading the five love languages that you needed to talk to your employees differently. And I think that's one of the things that you learn as a CEO. It's one of the things that I'm learning right now, because as we're building out our team is that everybody is driven by something different. So as a, as an operator, as a hustler, right, you are trying to figure out how to talk to the people you're selling a product or service to, right? And as a CEO, you train other people to do that. The skill set you're now learning is how to talk to the people who are now doing the things that you were once doing. And so it's a completely different mindset. And I, that's a, that's a cool transition thinking about like the five love languages in relation to, to how you treat your, to how you treat your people and talk to your people. And I love the, the other thing you said was getting, getting the, the people in your team to read the books because it also helps you with training, right? It, it, it takes some of the pressure off of you as being the, the subject matter expert to do all the training when you can, uh, pass off some of that. So you were, it, it sounds like you were training your team to become great negotiators, right? And that's your, obviously like that's a, that's your calling card, right? You're, you're good at talking to people. You're good on the phone. So. What helped you build that skill and how do you like reinforce that skill in your people? Because it's like you said earlier, building a business is finding somebody to replace you or, or repeat yourself. Like that's a, that's an art form almost. So how did you do that? Yeah, man. I think that, you know, for one, I learned sales, you know, just from dealing with people. Really, I never really had a sales job. I just knew that I could say certain things and it can affect people in certain different ways. So when I first started real estate, I really just, you know, I just didn't really have no fear and I just knew I had to do three things. I had to make friends, solve problems and add value, you know, and every time to this day, if I get on the phone and I tell my team this, affirm yourself, I'm looking to make a friend, I'm looking to solve a problem, I'm looking to add value. So I understood that. But then when I read The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort, I learned the straight, the straight line sales process. I knew that I had to start creating me a script. So once I start creating the script, once I learned how to train on that script, that's when the other salespeople in my company, you know, that's when everybody started going crazy. I had, you know, I, I'm a big uh, advocate of going to car lots and getting people, you know, uh, from car dealerships. You know, I feel like they're the best people when it comes to selling deals. If you can sell a car, you can sell a house. You know what I mean? It, it's that simple. You know, I believe in, uh, you know, getting people who uh, even work like in car centers and stuff like that. You know, you don't really got to be the best salesperson to get in the company as long as you're willing to be coachable. As long as, as long as you're willing to follow the process, then, you know, every other results going to come from there. This is really amazing, man. I mean, really such a good story <clears throat> for so many reasons. I think what I heard was so many things that you invested in yourself. It sounded like you read a lot of books. It sounds like you had coaching and mentorship. It sounds like you went to conferences. But the thing is, you can go to 80 conferences. You can, you can spend a million dollars on mentorship. You can read every book in the library. But if you don't actually do the things that, that, that are being taught in those specific avenues, nothing will happen. And at every turn of the point in your story, you are taking action in figuring out how to fix whatever situation you're in. And so at the beginning of the show, you described life before real estate and you talked about this 10 cent raise, some disappointment and depression. I'm just curious, what does life look like for you right now? Well, I mean, I like what you just said, like, you know, because, you know, we was good at, you know, me and my partner was good at implementation. You know, every time we got the game, we make sure we implemented the game before we get more game. And I feel like a lot of people got so much different things. They buying so many different programs. You end up getting stuck because you don't know which way you need to go. So as far as what life looked like now, basically just running a real estate company, 
Uh, we got our education company and, uh, I'm traveling around, the, you know, the country. I've been speaking at different places and, uh, you know, that's what I'm doing. You know, just looking to build, you know, looking to build, um, you know, get into, uh, you know, uh, a lot of rental properties now, multi-family, new build. I'm looking to get like Henry, man. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I, I want to be selfish too. I want to hold everything, you know? I love your story. I love that. It, it, it's, it's fun talking to people like you who are living proof that the things that we say over and over again, and I don't mean we like bigger pockets, but people who have success say over and over again, like find a mentor, find a coach, get in the room and then apply what you're learning. Like, this is what that looks like, folks. Like, it's not like this is real estate is cool because we don't have to figure out if this works, right? Like, like with crypto, people are like, is this going to work? We don't really know. But like with real estate, we know it works. These are proven methods. You just have to actually apply what you're learning and hearing somebody come from where you were. 10 cent raise to where you are now. Like this is how you apply what you're learning. So I'm super duper proud of you. Amazing, man. Well, thanks for sharing your story. I think uh, it's going to change a lot of lives today. If people want to find out more about you, where, where can they go? Yeah, yeah, man. So I'm always dropping content on Instagram, uh, Real Estate Diddy, uh, D-I-T-T-Y. Uh, I'm on you know Twitter, the same, the same thing. Uh, we got threads now. So I guess Real Estate Diddy on threads. Facebook, uh, Keith Everett Jr. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm always dropping content, man. I'm always giving value. And, uh, that's it, man. You know, I'm just giving value. Awesome, man. And what about you, Henry? Yeah. Best place to find me is Instagram, Twitter, uh, all the places. I'm, I'm at the Henry Washington, uh, on Instagram. So, you know, and I teach people how to do that buy and hold. So come, come on, come on, man. I got you. Awesome. And then you can find me over on YouTube at Rob Built, R O B U I L T. Instagram as well. I teach you how to do real estate, Airbnb, and all, all the real estate, entrepreneurship, life struggles, everything in between. Uh, also, and you can find me over on YouTube at Rob Built if you want to learn how to do real estate and short-term rentals and everything in between. And by the way, there are a lot of us that know someone who's doing the reading, who wants to get into real estate, but just needs a little nudge to take action. So do me a favor, go share this episode with that person because this is such an amazing encapsulation of what it means to take action and you can help change someone else's life. And while you're at it, if you want to share the message, leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app or wherever you download your podcasts. Henry, Keith, thank you so much. Henry, thanks for uh, filling in for our good friend David here. I think we did a mighty fine job. We will catch everyone on the next episode of Bigger Pockets. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and BAM! 
instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.